Word. And uh, before we actually open the Word together, I want to make sure that as we've lifted our voices in song and praise to the Lord, that uh, He takes these few moments to focus our mind uh, and uh, help us to engage the Word of God, uh, which uh, is for our benefit. And so let's go ahead and bow for a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we do thank you for this beautiful Sunday morning. Uh, Lord, uh, we thank you that we can join uh, today in freedom to worship you. Um, we've already uh, spoke through song in relation to many truths that uh, pertain to you. Uh, and Lord, we thank you that they are eternal truths that we can uh, never need doubt, uh, but instead we can uh, embrace uh, and claim and hold on to. Uh, as we take and seek to live in this world in which uh, you have us. Uh, because uh, if there was no need for us to be here, you would bring us home. Uh, and Lord, we thank you that we have the privilege to serve and to uh, to minister uh, one to another, as well as to the community around us, and be a testimony uh, to the principles and the truths of your word uh, through the lives that we live. And Lord, I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, if you have your Bibles this morning, go ahead and uh, open up to the, the place in your Bible that's probably a little bit more worn than uh, others, as we've been spending quite a few uh, months uh, in the Sermon on the Mount. And we are going to be continuing on in chapter 7 uh, as we take a look at verses 7 to 11 today. Uh, and <clears throat> let's begin by actually reading the text so that we can... Uh, See what God has for us today. It says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks, it will be opened. Or which one of you, if he, his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? <clears throat> well, today there's a, it's a beautiful passage. Uh, and this section, uh, I need to first start out by uh, identifying the fact that this passage is oftentimes misused. Uh, it's misused by many who promote the false idea that all we have to do is ask God for anything and he is obliged to give it. Uh, as if God were uh, that proverbial genie in the bottle that all we have to do is come to him, ask, seek, and knock. And because we're coming, uh, God is going to give us whatever we ask for. This... Uh, way of controlling God to give us what we want is commonly held by uh, many in the name it and claim it uh, mentality or movement, uh, as well as the prosperity gospel movement. Uh, and they do so for the purpose of misusing the word of God to stipulate that if you have enough faith and if you come to God, then God will give it to you. Uh, and this false teaching does not even come close not even close to the beautiful promise given to believers in these verses. And that's what we're going to learn here today as we take in and unpack uh, all these verses this morning. And as we uh, think about uh, the privilege uh, that we have 
Uh, a matter of fact, as you can see from the screen, we have an invitation to pray for help. Uh, and we're going to see that unfold here this morning. Yeah. Now, you know, we've talked about the, the particular name of God, Jehovah Jireh, which means God, my provider. We get out of Genesis chapter 22 uh, when God provided the sacrifice so that Abraham would not have to sacrifice his son. Uh, and so as we think about this name, again, this all, you know, we, we can take a look at a name. We can take a look at a verse uh, and we can very easily begin to build something from it if we do not take into consideration uh, its source. Uh, and as uh, this past week, um, we had Team VBS, uh, which was uh, very well attended, and uh, we had the opportunity to talk about the importance of worldview, uh, how what your starting point is, and what we stressed to the teens uh, was the importance of starting uh, in the biblical text. Uh, because God's word uh, tells us everything, everything from the very beginning of time all the way until the culmination of everything at the end of time, uh, to the point where God takes us to be with him for eternity for all those who have put their faith and trust in his son, who is the sole way for our sins to be forgiven uh, and to spend eternity with the God who is holy. And so this name does not mean that God is going to provide us everything we ask. Uh, and that's something that we got to, you know, deprogram ourselves from uh, and, and not believe the lie that even some that would be in Christendom would actually grab hold of and tell you. Uh, and so let's take a look uh, at the actual invitation. Uh, the invitation is to uh, ask, to seek, and to knock. Uh, and the thing is, you can notice in verse 11 of the text we read this morning, it says, uh, if then you who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good gifts or good things to those who ask him? How much more will your Father? So the first thing we need to understand about this is this is not just a blank check for everyone on the planet Earth to come to God in prayer uh, and ask God for something. Uh, matter of fact, uh, as we take a look at this, uh, we realize that because it says Father, uh, that this is speaking solely to the believers. So you have to have a relationship with uh, the Lord uh, through his son, Jesus Christ, first and foremost. And plus, if we remember back to um, earlier in uh, the Sermon on the Mount, back in chapter 6, as we took a look at the model prayer, you remember we established the fact that prayer is communion with God. Uh, and so when we are coming to God and we are, we are uh, being invited to pray for help, uh, it is for those who belong to him because there's a special relationship here and a beautiful promise that we're going to find as we unpack this a little bit farther. But not only uh, the invitation, but the progression. You'll notice that it starts out by saying, ask, seek, and knock. You know, I can remember um, myself as a, a, a small child, you know, when you want your parent, you know, the first thing you do is you start going and looking for them to ask them. Uh, and if you know where they would typically be for my mom at any given time, if it was the summer, uh, you know, sometimes she would be in the kitchen, sometimes she would be out in the yard. Uh, and there are certain places I knew that I could go and seek her out to ask her what I was going to ask. 
Um, sometimes that happened to be getting ice cream from the good humor guy as he was dingling and coming down the street. Uh, but the, the thing is, is I knew that I could, I had to ask first. I had to go to my mom and make sure that it was something. Plus, um, my pockets were pretty much empty. So, uh, it's not as if I could just go up to the good humor guy, smile at him, and he would give me an ice cream. Uh, so you, the, the child goes and looks and asks. Uh, and if I couldn't, you know, find my mom in those particular spots, then I'd have to start looking for her, seeking her out. Uh, to, to, you know, do it. And of course, at this point, because she wasn't where I would normally go to seek to ask her something, you know, a little bit more frantic because you can hear the bells getting closer. Uh, and so I'd start, you know, running around seeking my mom out to maybe places that I wouldn't have guessed to think of, uh, before. Uh, and even going one more step further is that if I found that there was, you know, a, a particular door in the house that was not uh, normally closed, is closed, then I would actually knock on the door to see if my mom was in that room. And so, and all that is in order for me to get the help that I needed in relation to asking my mom for something. Uh, and so, you can see that progression um, from asking to seeking to knocking. But also in the text, we have uh, the rewards that are put forth here in the text. Because you'll notice that uh, the the rewards of coming to God rightly and praying for help is that when you ask, uh, you will receive. Uh, When you seek, you will find. When you knock, God will open. And so, uh, and, and, and in kind of going together with that, as you think about the fact that, you know, there is a reward in coming to God and asking him for help, that if you ask, you receive, if you seek, you find, and if you knock, you open, is the actual surety of all of this. Because if you notice in the text, it says, ask and it will be given to you. Um, Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be open to you. Okay, so as you come to God rightly, and we're going to speak to the manner in a few moments, but when you come to God rightly for the purpose of, of answering that invitation that he is giving to us to call us into this beautiful promise that if we ask, seek, and knock, that we are going to receive something from God. It's not going to be a busy signal. It's not going to be something that when we come to him rightly, that he is just going to turn his head and, and pretend like we're not there. It will come about. God promises when we come rightly that he will give to us. And now here's the key, because as we've taken a look at the invitation, the progression, the rewards, and the surety of this uh, this invitation to pray for help. Uh, there's a manner in which we should come. Uh, and we spoke a little bit about this, you know, as we talked about prayer before. Um, but in the text here, as we take a look at each one of the verbs, ask, seek, and knock, something that your Bible won't actually tell you unless you take a look at the uh, the Greek, is that they are in the present imperative, which means keep on. Asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking. So we could translate this this verse uh, rightly to say, keep on asking and it will be given to every believer. Keep on seeking 
and you will find, uh, as a believer, what you are looking for. Keep on knocking, uh, and it will be open to you as a son or daughter of God. Uh, and so we see this, this persistence in coming. And we can look at other examples that we won't take the time to, to go to this morning, but we see this in prayer, is, is to be persistent in it. To, to realize that, you know, God desires for us to come to him for help. Uh, because he knows that we cannot face this world by ourselves. And the first evidence of that is the fact that he, he gives us his indwelling Holy Spirit to keep us. To safeguard what Jesus Christ's blood bought and paid for. But also for the purpose of being the comforter, to the encourager, uh, the one to whom as we come and we ask and we seek and we knock, uh, as we've been invited to pray for help, that, that God is going to, to pull all of that together. Because Jesus Christ is the one who gives us the salvation and the ability to come rightly before God, who is holy, into the very throne room to be able to commune with him. The Holy Spirit is there to be the one who is the uh, the channel through which we can we can pray uh, and be encouraged. And, and the Father is the one who is going to be doing the answering. He's the one that when we ask, he will uh, give. When we seek, uh, we will find. And when we knock, it will be open to us. So with that in the text, we can also go to the rest of the Word of God. And there's many places that I've could have gone this morning. I'm only going to go to two and give you two other things as you come and you, uh, in, you know, accept that invitation to pray for help, uh, realizing that the entire Word of God uh, speaks uh, in relation to everything that it, it brings forth. So not only being persistent to keep on asking, seeking, and knocking, but also to be obedient. Uh, listen to what it says in 1 John chapter 3, verses 19 through 22. It says, By this we shall know that we are of the truth and reassure our heart before him. For whenever our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart, and he knows everything. Beloved, if your heart does not condemn us, we have confidence before God, and whatever we ask, we receive from him. Okay, and it doesn't just stop there, because we keep his commandments and do what pleases him. Okay, so here's the key. You know, it doesn't just stop and say, whatever we ask, we receive from him. So in other words, if, uh, you know, we are not you know, pleasing the Lord through what we think and what we say and what we do. If we're not obeying God's commandments, which, you know, you know, yes, Jesus did come and fulfill the law. Now, that does not mean that the law is no longer any good in relation to each and every one of us that would say we're in an age of grace. The fact is, is that the law is there to remind us, but also to challenge us to make sure that we do not put any other gods before the one true God. You know, that uh, we, we do not covet what other people have, uh, and et cetera, and et cetera, as we go through the actual law. But the reason that you receive from him when you ask is because you keep his commandments, because you know that is what pleases God. Not in order to earn your salvation or to keep your salvation. This is an outflowing of someone who's been regenerated, someone who has had new life breathed into them so that they uh, want to keep 
the commandments of God. Because they know that that is God's law. That is the school teacher. It is the standard by which we, we look at ourselves and say, this is what God commands. And we do whatever pleases him. That we walk humbly with our God. Uh, to do the things that, uh, you know, are uh, fostering an environment for us to abide in him. To walk with him. To do all those things that show that we do not belong to ourselves anymore. That we are those who have been redeemed for the purpose of walking and talking and living for the God who provided the, the way in which we could do so. And that is through his son, Jesus Christ. So be persistent, keep on asking, seeking, and knocking, but also make sure that you're being obedient as you come to ask, seek, and knock. And a third one would be, be in the will of God. And this takes us to 1 John chapter 5, verses 13 and 14, where it says, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. And this is the confidence that we have toward him. Okay, and this, so did you hear that? The confidence to be able to come to uh, ask, to seek, and to knock. So what gives us that confidence? That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Okay, so this erases the whole thing that, you know, you can just, you know, control God and then he, and come to him and ask him for whatever you want and he's going to give it to you. As we think about coming to God and, and being persistent and asking and seeking and knocking, we need to make sure that we are being obedient to his commands, that we are doing what pleases him, and we do so in accordance to his will. And we find out his will by saturating ourselves in the word of God, to be in prayer and coming to him and being surrounded by other believers to watch them as they live and walk and abide in the Lord. Because those are the things that are going to shape us and mold us so that we, we will rightly come before God and ask and seek and knock and enjoy the rewards of coming to him rightly because he desires for us to do so. That's why it's an invitation to pray for help. Well, that's verses 7 and 8. Let's go ahead and move on to the rest of the verses in this section. And the thing that we're going to learn from this is that God's giving is infinitely better. You know, um, let's uh, refresh our memories here. It says in verse 9, Or which of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he uh, asks for fish, will give him a serpent? And let's just stop there for a moment. So Jesus takes and utilizes two rhetorical questions. Questions that, you know, as you, you look at them, you think, oh, really? Is that, is that really the, the, the parallel? You know, it, it, unless you're just very insensitive and unloving uh, as a father, if your son comes and asks you for something to eat in this, in this point representing bread, are you going to give him a stone? You know, what purpose does the stone do? You can't eat it. It's not nutritious. And it's going to taste just like the vitamins that you want them to eat every day. So no loving father would offer a stone in, in, when their son comes and asks for bread. Or it goes on to say a serpent for a fish. Okay, 
So this, in order for you to understand, we got to go back to the Levitical law for a moment. Because Jesus' audience would have had something that you, you probably wouldn't necessarily think of uh, as, as part of the, the bigger picture of this. But snakes were considered unclean animals because they, they went around on their bellies. You know, and as you take back a look at the Levitical, Levitical law, uh, they, they would not have eaten that. And so no father would have, instead of giving his son a fish when he asked for it, give him a snake instead. Not only would that snake represent something that uh, he would not normally eat, but it would also be his father putting his son in a position to be ceremonially unclean. And that's something, you know, again, it's rhetorical. Of course, a loving father is not going to do that to his son or to his daughter. And there's one more example, actually, um, as you look at the, the synoptic gospels uh, in Luke. Luke actually gives us one more uh, example uh, to add to all of this uh, to show. And, and again, as a, a rhetorical question, uh, would uh, or if he asked for an egg, will give him a scorpion. All right, so here's Dr. Luke giving us one more example. And I think as you see this progression from it being bread to fish to uh, an egg, all things that would be nutritious, things that would be beneficial for uh, his son, you go from it being a stone, which really, you know, is not going to cause him any harm. Um, the serpent is going to make it so that, you know, if he does eat it, he'd be ceremonial unclean to a scorpion. Okay, now, I don't know for certain, but I took in, in and when I read this, I, I kind of started looking more and more. And of course, the Internet's a wonderful tool and a, a search engine for finding out uh, what scorpions in Israel would look like an egg. And actually, there is the Israeli yellow scorpion, which you can see on the screen here. Uh, and when it balls up, it actually looks the same as an egg. But the interesting thing is, is that th- this particular scorpion, which there are dozens of scorpions in in uh, Israel, uh, different types, uh, but uh, this one in particular is one of the very highly venomous species uh, common to southern Israel. Uh, and the thing is, is that while its venom is not lethal for adults, it can be deadly for children. And again, I'm, I'm kind of researching a little bit more outside of this, but the whole picture of the fact that, you know, Luke adds the scorpion as opposed to an egg, you know, made me think, well, this might be very well uh, the one he was talking about. But if not, we know that scorpions bite, they sting, they hurt, and that some of them are even to the point of being able to be detrimental to the point of taking a life. And this particular scorpion is, is very uh, deadly for children. And so you see these three things, these three rhetorical situations where, you know, this is building up for the, the final statement in this section for us to see that, uh, uh, well, let's just go ahead and read it. In verse 11, it says, if you then who are evil, okay, so here is a, a good uh, uh, verse that shows that, uh, one, this is not God, and two, this is all mankind, because we are evil, and we do evil things. We are sinful. That's why we cannot be in the presence of God for eternity apart from faith and trust in Jesus Christ, who cleanses us from all unrighteousness. 
and prepares us to be in the presence of God for eternity. So if you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, so bread, fish, and egg, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Okay, so this is this is the, the picture that, that Jesus is wanting them to see, that, you know, parents can give their children good gifts. And, and Jesus is saying that, well, if we who are evil, all of mankind who has broken God's law, who stands guilty before him, can give good gifts, things that are good for sustenance, bread, um, fish, and eggs, to take care of our children, how much more will our Heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask him? And this made me think for a moment that this is a point at which we need to be reminded of God's goodness. Because we live in a world where there's not a whole lot of goodness. People do evil things. It doesn't mean that there's not those that do good. But again, those are doing good that are actually evil at their core. Because they still have sin in their lives. And so we we transition from that to the God who is perfect, who is holy, who is just, who is righteous. And so it reminded me of, of God's goodness. Psalm 119, 68 says, You are good and do good. Teach me your statutes. Nahum 1, 7 says, The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble. He knows those who take refuge in him. Well, if our invitation is to come to God and ask him for help, to do so rightly as we're living for him and doing things that please him, then the Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble. Well, we come and ask for help because we are in trouble, because we don't necessarily know which direction to go or what to think or what to do. And therefore, we're going to the one who is inviting us to come and pray, knowing that when we do so rightly, he's going to reward us and give us uh, what we need. Uh, as we ask, he will give us what we, re- uh, he'll, yeah, we will receive. When we seek, he'll, uh, we will find, and when we knock, uh, it will be open to us. So it made me think of the our, our word uh, omnibenevolent, which actually is in the dictionary, and defined as possessing perfect or unlimited goodness. Well, we know God is perfect, and we know that he has unlimited goodness because God is good. And because God is infinite, his goodness is infinite. It does not run out. Uh, it does not come up short. So that when we come and ask and seek and knock, guess what? God is going to deliver because God is good. He's good in his motives, his actions, his feelings, his thoughts. Every fiber of who God is is good. It can't be anything less than that. And so this is the God who we are going to, who is not evil like we are, he is perfectly good, able, and, and lim- it has an unlimited supply of goodness. And we know from James chapter 1, verse 17, as we studied the book of James, 
that uh, he is a continuous giver of good and perfect gifts, where it says every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. So in other words, God never stops giving. Because you know what? We never stop being in need of help. And so God is going to continue to bless us and give us the beautiful promise that when we ask, we'll receive. When we seek, we will find. And when we knock, he will open it up to us. He gives constantly and nothing, nothing will change that. The question we have to ask ourselves is, are we willing to swallow our pride and come to God for help? Because that's what happens oftentimes is that we'll just try needlessly as if we're, we're beating the air, keep, you know, smacking my head into that wall because I'm unwilling to realize that, you know what, I can't do this by myself. And you know what? God sees the whole process. He knows. And so that's why there's an invitation for us to pray for help. See, God's gifts are the best and given out of his pure love, all that he is. So what are some of the things that our gracious God gives? God gives life and breath to all things. Uh, He gives us a heart to know him and a future and a hope. He gives grace to the humble and strength to the weak. He gives justice to the oppressed and food to the hungry. God gives us victory, peace, and what is good. And this is what we need to remember. We cannot forget this. Because as we come to God, we need to realize that he is going to give us only that which is good for us. And that's why as we take a look at this, you know, God is not there for, you know, my personal benefit for me to get whatever I think I should ask for. Because God is just a, is Jehovah Jireh and will give me and provide for me everything that I ask. That's not true. What we need to remember is, is that. Uh, we, our God is good and he is not going to give me something that is not for my good. Even if that means that he is going to discipline me, that's for my good. And we need to remember that we cannot forget that. And so in our last few moments together this morning, what I want to do is to give you some things that you should ask for. Because the world and even some in, in what we would consider, you know, or call themselves Christians would tell you, uh, is not biblical. So let's go to the Word of God and see what we should ask for. Well, and the first is probably the most logical out of all of it, and, and really based in, in the, the sermon title today, is we should come and ask God for help. And coming and asking God for help is a sign of strength, because we are coming humbly before God, asking Him for what only He can give us. And he is willing to give us, because remember, the the, uh, the rewards are coming. You will receive, you will find, you will open. Psalm 121, 1 and 2 says, I lift my uh, up my eyes to the hills, from where does my help come? Okay, so the psalmist is, is lifting up his eyes. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. Who made heaven and earth. That is our source. So yes, God is going to help us. And as we come, as the psalmist is lifting up his eyes, which is what we're doing when we, you know, uh, come to God in prayer because we're communing with him. We're lit, we're looking upward to heaven. Yes, we do fold our hands and bow our heads, but we did talk about that. 
you know, but God knows. It's, it's, we, we, are, we are lifting our hearts and our minds and our souls to the God who made us, the God who saved us. So help is one thing we can ask for. The other is for God to open our eyes. Psalm 119.18 says, Open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. Open my eyes that I may see wondrous things. Now, since I've got everyone here and whoever's listening over the Internet this morning uh, as part of our church family, and, and I'll say the same thing to the service that will be following here shortly, is that, you know, all of this is only as good as the amount of effort that we're going to put into it. You know, to, to come to God and, and ask for help, we, we need to, we're, we're doing action because we're asking, we're seeking, we're knocking. It's showing forward momentum. It's showing that we're exerting energy to do it. And the thing is, is in our country, this is a prime example of the opposite of those that would say that, you know what, I don't want to have to work. I want the government to provide everything for me, as opposed to actually going out and working hard and, and earning a living. The same is true in relation to our spiritual lives, that we need to work at it. We need to, to, to plug into the very source. We need to actually be, as it were, exerting spiritual sweat which we all know what sweat is this time of year, for the purpose of gaining what God wants to give to us. Because God doesn't just do it by osmosis. He doesn't just dump it on us. He rewards and is faithful to who he is, but there's also a part that we play because we have to ask, we have to seek, we have to knock. You know, and as I looked, you know, Pastor Caden and myself have been doing the midweek devotions which I've been, been enjoying the extra time in, in the Word, and Psalm 119 is, is being renewed afresh in my mind, a psalm that, as a teenager, I can remember reading over and over and over again. And this past week, on Wednesday, as the, the next section, uh, was God's Word overcoming the obstacles of life. And this verse, Open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. Well, as of this morning, as I was finishing preparing, only 10 people watched. Now, I know life is busy, and there's all things pulling you left and right, because things do happen. But the thing is, is unless we are exerting that spiritual sweat, unless we are asking, seeking, and knocking, and asking God to open our eyes so that we can behold wondrous things. It's not as if we're asking for God to, to you know, beat us up. We're asking him to give us something that we desperately need. Something that he wants to willingly give to us. And as we think about, you know, coming together as a church body, and part of what the local church is, is all about is that God is, is moving and working and, and drawing us together as we share in where God is leading us in, in the, the studies and opening up his word. So as we tune in and, and listen to the fact that God's word overcomes the obstacles of life, it's an encouragement to every one of us because God's going to use that text to take you know, me over here and someone else over here and bring us together in a, in a common, uh, in a common point where God can take two individuals and unite them in one biblical truth. 
And so as a, a call to the church family, we need this. Because the world is pulling you every direction. And we are facing in, in unprecedented times things that we would never have imagined. And if we are not going to the one source who can give us what we need and is going to give us the good gifts that we need to be able to overcome all of the things that are going to hit us on any given day as our country continues to suppress the truth about God each and every day, then we are robbing ourselves of the very life that we need. Something else we can ask for is wisdom out of James chapter 1, verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. Because God wants us to be wise in how we take the knowledge that we are given and and give us the understanding to be able to make the wise choices that we need to in a day and age where people do not use their minds or their knowledge in a wise way. Fourth would be victory over fear. Psalm 34.4 says, I sought the Lord. And salt is just the past tense of, of, of seek. I sought, I searched for the Lord, and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Why did God answer? Because the servant came rightly before God, and God's going to give that servant exactly that good gift that he needs. What was the gift? First, the answer. Second, deliverance. And deliverance from all, not part of, but all his fears. And finally, protection and reassurance. Psalm 30, or Psalm 3, verses 1 to 4 says, O Lord, how many are my foes? Okay, how many of us can say, Lord, how many foes do I have around me? You know, I have people that are, are robbing the country that I love of the very things that are foundational that were originally established, uh, yes, by sinful men, but by men that saw that it needed to be one nation under God. Many are rising against me. Many are saying of my soul, there is no salvation for him in God. That's what the world's saying. Don't believe in God. He doesn't exist. You know what? There's no meaning to life. We came out of the, the, the ooze, and this is all there is. So get whatever you can get, do whatever you can do, and, and just enjoy the moment because this is it. When you're dead, you're dead. Verse 3. But you, O Lord, are a shield about me, my glory and the lifter of my head. So as he's being oppressed, as he's all these foes are rising up against him, as they're they're ridiculing him and saying, you know what? Forget God. Where is God? Why is there all this suffering in the world? Well, that is coming out of the mouths of natural men who do not see spiritual things. But you do because you have the spirit in you. I cried aloud to the Lord and he answered me from his holy hill because that was a broken heart that was opened up wide for the, the, his God, and I can say our God, to give him the very good gift that he needed. I cried out to the Lord. When's the last time you cried out to the Lord? Took him up on the invitation to pray for help. Because we need help. We need to have our eyes opened. We need wisdom to live in this world. We need victory over fear. 
We need protection. We need reassurance. And God is able and willing and ready to give and to reward with those good gifts we need to live in this day and age. Do you believe that? There's like three of you. Do you believe that? Okay. You need to. This is where the rubber meets the road. This is where your your Christianity becomes more than just head knowledge up here. It's embracing the God who made you and, and, and reaping all the benefits that come with that. Let's bow for a closing word of prayer. Gracious Heavenly Father, I do thank you for this text today, Lord. I thank you for the invitation to come to you uh, in prayer for help. Lord, I need your help. I need your help to help guard my thoughts. I need your help to be able to rightly divine the word of truth. I need your help to be able to love my wife as Christ loved the church. I need to raise my children to to know and to understand your truths which are timeless so that they may see that the only true starting point is your word and you because you know all things. This world has nothing to offer that is of any eternal good. Only you do. And Lord, I pray for each and every one here, each of my brothers and sisters in Christ, that they would understand that and see that and embrace that, that they would cry out in their time of need and that you, as we know you will, will answer and give us the very good gift. And gracious Father, too, I think of our church family today, and I know that there's some that are hurting in our church family uh, and Lord, I, I think of the Cooper Schmidt family, uh, and I didn't mention it the, at the beginning, but Lord, I ask that you would just comfort uh, them in the loss of Jean this past week, uh, that you would just encourage um, Stu and Wayne and Dan and, and Dean, Lord, as they lost their brother this past week. Uh, but Lord, we do thank you that he knew you and that he has finally been freed from uh, just uh, living uh, in the, the a light of a stroke that he had a couple years ago. Uh, and Lord, we thank you that he is now home, that his faith has been made sight. Uh, and Lord, I ask for comfort for the family in this time. Uh, and Lord, we know that you will give them the help they need because that's the kind of God you are, that you're good all the time. And Lord, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.